You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 330. In this episode, I talk to Tara Boldman about how to sell on a discovery call. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak with Tara Bowman, a business coach and the creator of the Business Map Method. Tara teaches women entrepreneurs how to create their signature offer and sell it over and over again. She ran the Houston Department for Even Network, the largest women's networking organization in North America. She's also a former Forbes Magazine Coaches Council member and has been featured in the Huffington Post and Ladies Home Journal. Before we dive in, I want to share a review from Apple Podcast from Eva Nitschinger from Germany. So many things which I learned from your free content. And now I go on to stage six, like you say, and I hope we'll meet one day in Iceland because I want to learn more from you. Thank you for everything. You are the best. Well, thank you so much, Eva, for your Apple podcast review. I would also appreciate if you, listener, left a review on Apple podcast and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. Go to sing.com forward slash 330 to find links to Tara Bowman and the show notes of this episode. There you also find the Plan Your Profit Success Guide for free. I am so excited to be here with Tara Bowman and talk about sales, signature program, and all the juicy things that she's been doing in the last few years. So I always bring people on the podcast that I already know. I've brought very few people on that I don't know. And Tara and I have known each other for many, many years. So you're finally on the show. Thank you for coming on the show, Tara. Thank you for having me, Sigrun. I'm so excited. I love your podcast. I listen to it often, and I just love what you're doing. So it's been a while since we connected and we had to connect a little bit before I hit the record button. So yeah, but give the audience a little bit like how come you do what you do today? So you are a business coach like myself, but you have also an interesting background before you did that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So very much like you, um, I am just passionate about serving women entrepreneurs. It was something that uh, just in me, you know, you, I come from a background of corporate consulting. I worked for a top five consulting company and, you know, I liked what I did, but I was starting to not be as passionate about it. One thing I loved to do more than anything when I was in consulting was mentor the up and coming women consultants. So I would always do it on the side and, and I just was really passionate about helping them. And someone finally said, why don't you do this for, uh, for a business? And I'm like, a what? And I didn't even know the coaching business existed like many people in the corporate world. And um, I was like, people get paid to do that? <laughs> That's what kind of started me on this journey of business coaching almost a decade ago. So hard to believe how fast time has went, but I'm very passionate about helping raise 
the standard of how the world views women entrepreneurs. And that's why I do what I do. You've also been very active in networking and events. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I was the uh, managing director for a networking organization, the largest one in North America, actually, for about five years. And so by doing that and just leading up and doing monthly events and getting women in a room to meet each other, I learned so much about women entrepreneurs and what they needed, what they didn't need. And, and I just had the opportunity locally, I live in Houston, Texas, to just meet so many women entrepreneurs. And that's really was the catalyst for my business. You know, now I've got clients in the US and in Canada. So I guess I can be international now, right? <laughs> but I really focused a lot in my own backyard in the state of Texas over the past decade or so. And now, thanks to online marketing and stuff like that, it's it's branched out, and you know, and I have clients all over over the United States, and you know, and a handful in Canada too. When did you start an online business? You know, we connected back in 2015-16. Uh, you were one of my mastermind groups, but you started online business way before that. Yeah, I did. So I'm trying to remember. I think I, I met you or found out about you when I did B school, and I think that was I feel like maybe eight years ago or something. A long, long time ago. It's, it's so crazy to think back that far. I just got into the online world. I have a computer science degree. So it's, you know, I, I thought when I first launched into my business, everyone said, you need a website. So I jumped in and just did my own website. And back then I had a vision of bringing women together that worked from home and have this like online community of women who work from home and, and whatnot. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, like a lot of women entrepreneurs when you get started. And I wrote a book and I did all the things that I thought you were supposed to do. And, and you know, lo and behold, I found out it just wasn't a niche that it just, it, it wasn't a niche that didn't feel good. Right. So I, I went down a path and had a couple practice businesses <laughs> before I finally landed on the one. So I was really in the online side right when I started nine years ago with the website and building out the, what I think now would have been a membership community. Um, but they didn't really have much of that back then. So it's just been like, a, you know, really discovering and, and talking to so many women entrepreneurs to find out what I felt like was a gap. And, and then I, I worked to fill that gap and it wasn't in the, on uh, the work from home space, like I thought, but that's when I started it probably right away. <laughs> so now you have found your niche. Can you explain a little bit how you found it? Because I think that's the thing many women struggle with, you know, especially I would say if you go into the space of being a business coach or a marketing coach, it's just such a crowded space. So you have to find your niche. How did you find yours? Well, how did I find mine? So I found mine by people. I did one-on-one -on -one business coaching, like a lot of business coaches. I had a high volume, lower cost model. So I had 30, about 30 clients a month, one-on-one. -on -one. It was a little crazy. And then what people would come to me and say, because oftentimes in our niche, it's right on the tip of our nose. Like we can't see it, but everyone else can. Right. And then you're like, really? And what I found is people would say to me, they'd be like, can I hire you for the day? I need your brain for the day, the day, the day. And I was like, hey, this is interesting. What does this mean? So I started doing VIP days. And so I would do a couple of those per month. And it just kind of kept coming up. Like, I just need how your brain works for the day. And what I found was I'm, if you've ever read the book, Rocket Fuel, I'm a natural integrator and most people are visionaries, especially entrepreneurs. 
And by them asking me, can I have your brain for the day? They just really wanted, you know, to have me help them figure out how to put together a strategy, a long-term strategy that they would actually implement instead of starting, stopping, starting, stopping. And once I figured out that, I was like, okay. And then by that time I was doing VIP days. I had a couple of online courses, VIP days and and one-on-one coaching was my primary profit model. And what I found was it was, it was just hard to scale, right? I'm sure you talk about that a lot. It's hard to scale one-on-one. So I stepped back and I actually wrote in an entire plan for my own business and I called it a business map. That's what I trademarked, business map. And so the, the very first business map was my own. And I got really clear. And for once, I became my own best client. <laughs> and I just took a few days and just drafted out an entire plan. And then I presented it to my husband. Because by this time, he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Are you going back to the corporate world? Like, this is crazy. And when I presented it and just was like, here's what I want to do long term. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then I just implemented the plan. So then, you know, I was sharing what I did with another friend of mine. And she's like, you know what? She had a real high-end coaching program. She's like, my clients need this. Can you do this for all my clients and I'll pay you? And I'm like, sure. And they were my first 10 clients. And then I just was like, you know what? There's something here to get all the information that's in women entrepreneurs' heads and put it in a actual plan that covers everything you need to know in your business and how to run it. So then I just started doing the business maps. Then I found out, and this is what happens, right? Your clients will basically tell you what they need. And so I was just doing business maps. One after another, I felt like, you know, oh, it can be a business plan factory. But I found that I would do them and women wouldn't implement them or I'd see them out. I'd be like, hey, how's that? How's your business going? I, yeah, I haven't done it. I'm scared. And I was like, what? So my biggest fear was all these plans were going to end up in Dropbox Purgatory. And so I was like, something's got to change. And I knew for me, I needed to launch my signature coaching program, but I, I didn't want it to be like everything else. So what I decided was I really got serious about what I believe more than anything. And I know you're in alignment with this because we're also planners. That's what drew me to you too, is a you know, for an idea to become a business, you have to have a plan, right? And then for that business to become profitable, you have to take consistent action. And when I got really clear with that belief and what I stood for, then I knew whatever I created had to have a planning element and then accountability and action. So that's when I launched my signature program. And that's my year long. It's called the Concord Coaching Program. And that's all I focused on. I actually met, I know you're, you work with James Wedmore as well, but I went to an event at Amy Porterfield's event in San Diego a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. And that was something he said that resonated with me is do one thing and do it really well. And so that's all I focused on was my one thing. And it wasn't until my client, you know, people who wanted to work with me, but weren't quite ready to step into a year long you know, commitment would say, do you have a miniature version of that? And I'm like, a miniature version? So then, then I launched Nowboarding Clients, which is getting clear on the one thing, learning how to sell it, how to have consultations and discovery calls, and then how to automate that process so that you're just selling that one thing over and over again. And so then I launched that. So that's it. Like I just have the two things and it feels really good. It sounds like really good. And I want to remind the listeners, how long did this actually take? Oh, I wish I, yeah, I wish I could say it was overnight, but probably seven years to go through this entire 
iteration, right? And I came from the belief of, oh, it takes a few years to launch your business and, and get going. And when I had my just one-on-one coaching business, I was able to get to six figures that first year, but it was, it wasn't scalable. I had burnt myself out and it just was exhausting. So I was able to do that, but then to actually step back, find out why did I go through everything I went through in my life and how does this culminate into what I'm supposed to be doing? So it, I wish I could say it was overnight, but at least seven years to get where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. But that's important. So you can build a business in 12 months, but the business that you love and has the business model and the revenue model that you love, that, that takes longer time, takes several years. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I picked up on sales consultation. I know my audience would love to know more about that. So obviously when you work with higher end clients, this is one year program. So you need to have calls with them. And I now I guess it's a bit easier because you've built a brand and a name for yourself. But what is the element of like the sales calls and how can you potentially automate some of that process? So and, and I guess people are curious about how do you convert on the call itself? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I what I do is a lot different than I think other people teach. And what I found was every woman has her own sales style, her own personality per se. And what I was trying to do when I was first started doing consultations was trying to emulate whoever I learned from. And it just didn't, it wasn't sticking. Like I was, you know, maybe one out of three converting. And it just, it, it felt kind of icky. Like for me personally, I'm not one that's like, and I, I praise the women who can do it. I wish I could. When I have a conversation with someone, a consult, I'm not one of the people that say, okay, let's get started. Um, what credit card do you want to put that on? And that's just not my style. And that's how I was taught. And, you know, and I have friends that are very successful doing that. But for me, it never felt right. So I felt I needed to kind of step back and look at how I did consultations. I call them conversations because that's really all it is. Right. And what I was doing wrong, I'll talk about what I was doing wrong, because I think probably some of your listeners may be doing the same thing is we over deliver. And we over-deliver to a point where they're in overwhelm. By the time you get off the call, they're just paralyzed. So what I do on my consults now is I do an intake form ahead of time. So there's the automation piece. You can use, you know, acuity scheduling. You can use, I use a, a tool called Dubsado, where before I even get on a, a call with somebody, they have answered a series of five questions so that I know right when I get on the call what we're going to address. And usually they're pretty much have opted into what service they want from me or what they feel like they need the most. Right. So I go into every call. I can prepare for about five minutes ahead of time. And my only goal, and I tell them this right away, my goal for you on this call is to have clarity on your next best business step. That's all I want for them on our 30 minutes together. And I usually tee them off and just say, they've answered the questions ahead of time. Where are you now in your business? Where do you want to be? What's stopping you from getting there? And why now? And then they put in their name, business, and website. And I'll go, I'll go scope them out and stuff ahead of time. And, you know, so then I just get on the call and just ask them in their own words, tell me about your business. And they tell me, okay. And then it's basically the same questions they answered on the form, but I want to hear it in their words because you're going to hear things. You're going to feel things on, on where it needs to go. 
then I'll just say, you know, well, what's stopping you from achieving your goal? And that's when, you know, they'll tell, they'll tell you, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I am scared to sell. I, you know, there's always a handful of the same answers that I get. And then from there, you know, I'll hone in on one thing, right? I can think of about 25 things I can do in their business to help improve it, but you just give them the one thing. And then I don't do anything crazy like buy my stuff. I ask a simple question. I call it a trigger question. And I say, you know, hey, we've got about five minutes left, right? And it's it's on us as the person doing the consultation to drive the call, not them, right? I work with a lot of type A's. Trust me, they would love to dominate the call. And I just say, we got a few minutes left. What other questions do you have for me? And that's all I say. And they'll usually say, what's it like to work with you? Or tell me about this or how much you charge. And they'll ask you something that gives you the permission to then give them an offer of some sort. And then I just will tell them quickly about what I think is the best option for them. And then I email them information. Basically, I send them a proposal over and I let them sit on it for a few days. Unlike some people who are like, buy now, buy now. And because I don't work with a ton of people one-on-one, right? In my Concord program, it's like 30 max. And I, I found that I want to work with people that have truly sat and thought about it. They're ready to make the, not just the financial commitment, but the time commitment and the effort that it's going to take. And they're usually very, just very appreciative that they're like, thank you for giving me a chance to think about this. And I'll follow up with them or they'll usually within a few days, they get back to me. I mean, it's, it's a very respectful, you know, when you work with high achievers, like they have to process. So I work with processors and yeah, I just found that it feels less icky for me. So that's how I do it. Everyone can have their own style, but it's been effective. So you mentioned that people are different in their sales style. So you mentioned the, let's say the little bit that, which maybe feels to us icky. And I think many of my listeners is when someone is asking for the credit card on the call and making for the, you know, especially for a, a bigger commitment. And you're like, oh, let me think about it. And we come up with maybe excuses like, oh, I need to talk to someone. And maybe we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But what are the sales styles? Like you say, you maybe there is someone like, okay, this sounds cool. I think I can do that. But then they would come back and say, they never come back. Nobody buys. Right. Is it is it because then they weren't the right in the first place? No, it's probably lack of follow-up on our side. So we think we have a call with someone. We had a great call. I've talked to thousands of women on the phone. I'm not even kidding, doing consultations. And I used to be that way too. I was like, oh, we had a great call. I think she's definitely going to you know, say yes, right? And then you don't hear anything. And they stay kind of what I call stuck in the middle of the sales funnel where you know, we send them the proposal and they're sitting on it and we don't hear anything, even though on the phone, they're super excited to say yes. And then the reality kicks in where it's like, oh, it's a commitment. And do I need to ask my husband and all these things? So then paralyzed people don't do anything. So, and then it's on our side to put them in the follow-up side of our sales cycle. <laughs> so oftentimes I find we as women get stuck in the, I'm going to work with her. Yeah, I want to work with you. I want to hire you side. And we just assume they're going to get back to us, but we have to only let them sit there for maybe a week before then we kick in and say, you know, Hey, Sally, it was great talking to you. just want to see if you had any questions on that proposal. Do you need to hop on another five minute call so I can answer any questions? Right. And then that process, I think now, like it's crazy. It's like 15 touch points you need to do with someone 
before they're comfortable, especially if you're selling something higher end. You know, it's not usually a one and done unless they've been in your funnel, your online funnel, and been watching you for a while. Then usually those are the people who are like, yeah, I'm in right now. Send me an invoice. And they'll tell you. But yeah, the ones who have to sit on it, you have to follow up. And if you don't, then, you know, that that becomes, that's, that's our problem, I feel like. But, you know, you don't follow up to a point where you're stalking them or anything like that. I'll reach out a few more times. But if they don't say yes to me, I just have reframed it in my mind of they're not ready. And I want to work with women when they're ready. Because if they're not getting back on just a simple proposal in the space that I do where I create the business maps for them, I mean, I, I need responsive women that I'm working with or else they're not going to get the result. I'm going to feel bad. I don't want to take anyone's money that's not going to do the work. So I just put them in my nurture and move on. After, for me, I do about three touch points. You know, sometimes it needs to be more, but what I found from a lead generation standpoint, I, you know, I can follow up about three different times. And after that, you know, if they're still thinking, so whatever, I just do a, you know, hey, I'm here when you're ready, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the first email is a proposal and then you just reply on that email again as ask them, you know, did you see my proposal? I would like to hear from you. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Yeah. And you want to hop on a five minute call? Yeah. I found especially some, whether it's coaches or just, you know, expert industry in general, um, there's just this aversion to having conversations, right? It's like, you know, everyone wants hundred percent automation mailbox money. I want to lay on the beach and make millions of dollars. And the reality is, is we had to, we had to talk to our clients and, and I believe strongly in that. So we just got to, you know, follow up, you know, it's, it's our choice too. If you send them a proposal, one thing on sales, it's not a, everybody gets a proposal from me. Trust me, they don't. Like you can learn a lot about somebody in 30 minutes that you're just like, yeah, no, you know, I'm just going to give them a couple of resources or maybe a referral or something because it's not the right fit for me. So I, I see getting a proposal as that's my offer of, I would love to work with you. And I tell them that I would love to work with you, uh, but feel free to take a few days and think about if this is a fit. And then meanwhile, I send them a proposal that has a great video in there that explains the program and go from there. But it's interesting how people do not follow up. So I just had a call, I think yesterday and thinking of working with uh, a woman and I told her, please send me an email. Like I was doing the, I was controlling the conversation, which is not supposed to happen, right? Right, right. And there's nothing in my inbox. And this is now 24 hours later. So I think that's, that's important. You know, how fast do you send out your email? By end of day. So because I use a tool, there's, you know, 17 hats, there's Dubsado, there's what's a new one, HoneyBook. You can have a system that's a very affordable, a monthly system where it's automated. I can send a proposal in, I'm not kidding, 30 seconds. But I want it to feel like it's not completely automated. So when I do my consults, I do them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. At the end of the day is when I send them all out, right? So I always tell them, by the end of the day, I'm going to send you an email and it's going to have an overview and it's going to have a proposal in there where you can click within the proposal and pick which, you know, if you want to do a payment plan or if you want to pay in full or if you need to hop on another five minute call, right? I give them that option in the proposal. Yeah. And I do it at by the end of the day because that's if it's sooner or sometimes if they're in a similar business model to me, because, you know, like you, I also coach coaches and it's like, you know, I'll say, you know what? I normally would send this at the end of the day, but 
you're hiring me because you're, I'm going to teach you some backend systems. I'm going to show you, you know, give me a minute and I will send this over to you. So I just get in their hands no more than, or no less than probably eight hours, you know, by end of day. Yeah. I remember when I was doing this, uh, I don't do one-on-one anymore or, or discovery calls, but I used to kind of follow up within two days. I felt like if there's a weekend or something that things would drop off. You, but you say it can be up to a week. Yeah. I mean, I'll usually, so I give them the take a few days and if it's a Thursday, then, you know, if I haven't heard back by Monday, I just, it's a simple click in my system to do a follow-up email. But yeah, I'm within, I try to do within three days. I have a proposal in my email from another woman. I didn't respond to her right away. You know, I, I guess I sounded very interested on the call, but you know, I'm busy traveling, whatever. But now I've been thinking about her for a whole week and just as we are talking, I'm thinking, why didn't she follow up? Yeah, because we have a fear of rejection, right? We don't want to hear no. Where when I reframed it, this is what I've had to learn. And, you know, is you have to do a lot of mindset work. If you want to, you know, know all your insecurities in your entire life, open a business, right? So especially for women, where men are more like, oh, you know, whatever. I kind of retrained my brain to say, I'm, I'm not tied to their yes. I'm not tied to their no. I'm not necessarily tied to their unclarity on a maybe my whole goal is I just want a yes or no. And if it's no, that's okay too. And I say that right in my email, you know, Hey, no hard feelings. We will still be friends. Right. Um, because that's important to me. Yeah. It's just, it's just something that I always appreciated whenever I worked with somebody. And a lot of the times I like the follow-up because like you, my inbox gets crazy and things happen and I travel and, you know, whatever happens too. And it's not that I, I mean to say yes and send it. I just haven't had the time to do it yet. So when you work with busy women, you know, that tends to happen. So I usually appreciate the follow-up. And I now that I see it that way, that I'm not bugging them. Instead, I'm, I'm just tied to getting their yes or no. I'm not going to be emotionally hurt over it either way. But, I, I, you know, I am tied to their clarity on yes or no but I don't want them just to sit there and do nothing, right? If you have something great that, you know, would help somebody, like why would you just, you know, sit on it and not do anything? So it took a lot of mindset work to kind of get over that fear of rejection, you know, but we can't control what other people, what's going on in their lives. We don't know personally, you know, what what they're struggling with on, on their side. So I think a lot of it is just, fear or we spend a lot of time marketing and keeping our our minds really busy because we're marketing and it's because we're we're scared to sell. I, I look at it differently now. Yeah. And I guess this shows through when you have a call that you have been just doing it so long and you're not tied to their yes or no. So you can just show up and you're self-confident. And it's going to be very different from someone who's starting out and it's like, oh, I need really need to get that sale. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when I work with my clients, I literally, we walk through like a script of here's the questions you're going to ask and here's what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, all that happens when you say, do you have any other questions for me at the end? That's my trigger question. Other people can have other ways that, you know, you're transitioning to get off the call and they say, yeah, what's it like to work with you? And, you know, you, you're, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you can buy now boarding clients or you have the concourse. Like, you're going to give them the best one that you think will fit them based on your conversation. And then you send them the proposal. And all that's going to happen are three things. They're going to say yes. And they'll pick their payment plan option, right? And then you send the invoice and off you go. They're going to say, 
no, now is not the right time, right? And that's okay. Or they're not going to do anything. And then they go through your follow-ups, whether you want to do three touches or five touches, you get to decide that. And that's it. There's no one's going to be like mean about it, or you're just going to get a yes, no, or no answer. And if no answer, then you kick in your follow-up system. And I think for me, once I figured that out, it became a system, right? Sales is a system. (laughs) And, you know, if you give smart women systems, they can make things happen. Yeah, I love that. I think just having as many calls as possible, especially when you're, you know, starting out. And do you have a system to getting those calls or is it more organic today? Yeah, so um, primarily a couple things. So I do two live events a year. I do their marketing-based events, right, where they're open to the public and so I'll, I'll do two live events in Houston and that's when I, I teach for a day. And then this last time I didn't give an outward offer. I said, Hey, I've got the boardroom prior to lunch. If you want to hear more about working with me, come there. Cause I, I didn't, there were a lot of people who were in more, you know, startup mode and I, you know, it's weird giving an, an, an offer at a live event and I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. So I do that as a way to get leads. And that's how I, I fill up probably 50% of my signature program by doing that. The other ones are, I've been doing this a while. So my SEO, my organic <laughs> SEO, where people are like, oh, I always ask, you got to ask, right? On, on the last question on my intake before I have a consult, how did you hear about me? Because if somebody referred, then I want to give that person a, a referral, a gift back. But they're, they're usually um, found on Google, 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 Google. So SEO, It really does work as long as you're consistent with it for a long time, right? Live events and referrals are are my primary way. Wow. So when you say SEO, are they looking for a business coach in Houston? Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And I know you're so great with gifts. So just to wrap this up, you need to tell us you give uh, referral gifts. And I remember you were giving shoes at some point. What are you giving now? Oh, shoes. Yeah. Yeah. My accountant said I shouldn't do that anymore. Um, so now I just give commission. So I just give money. Right. So um, if somebody refers somebody into the Concord, I give them $500. If they refer them into now boarding clients, I give them $200. So I've just found, you know, for some reason, I, I felt like this was an area that a lot of men, they'll, they'll transfer commissions. No big deal. Um, But for women, I was like, it was softer just to do, they were teaks, the little ballet slippers, right? They were about $200 Italian shoes that, you know, gifts felt more, you know, it's my love language too. So, but it felt softer, but now I'm just like, you know what, like who couldn't use a couple hundred bucks to go buy whatever they want, you know? So yeah, now I just do a commission payout. Yeah. I love that. Oh, this has been great, Tara. So much juicy stuff for all those listeners who are doing discovery calls. So thank you so much. So you have something for my listeners, right? You have, yeah. yeah. I have a a quiz that I created that is fabulous. Um, It's called your um, six simple questions that you can answer to find out your sales personality. And I've, I've kind of put together this whole you know, when I broke down the way that women sell primarily, it was you fall into these six type of personalities. One is the best friend, right? You just want to be friends with everyone. One's a teacher, you know, you just want to be a natural teacher. You know, another one is a blender. And then you have the connector, you know, the woman who loves to just connect people. And that is a sales strategy. 
And then the last one is a closer. And I'll tell you, I've had a lot of people go through this quiz online. And to this day, I've only had two women that are closers. And so most of them fall in the other categories, but you can answer these six questions and it's going to tell you your sales, your dominant sales personality. And then I give you a customized report and you'll get it via email that says, okay, if this is your dominant personality, this is what you also need to keep in mind, right? Each has their bonuses, but then some, you know, if you're a best friend, it's always awkward to ask for the sale, right? So, um, so I teach you how to do that in the report. Fantastic. Yeah. It's just my website, Tara Bullman with two N. So T-E-R-R-A, last name's Bullman, B-O-H-L-M-A-N-N. Everyone forgets that last N, dot com, and then slash quiz. And that's how you get to it. And it's really eye-opening. We'll put that in the show notes. So if people are on listening while they're walking or driving, so they can go to the show notes of this episode and grab your gift. Tara, it's been a pleasure. I love connecting with you again, and we'll see each other around. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Go to sync.com for slash 330 to find links to Tara Bullman and the show notes of this episode. There you also find the Plan Your Profits success guide for free. Thank you for listening to The Synchron Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you've listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post by using the handle synchron.com and the hashtag synchron show. See you in the next episode. 